0: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA member FDIC. Hi, this is Dana Schwartz, the host of the podcast Noble Blood. Katie and Nathan asked me to give you guys a heads up that they use strong language in this podcast. So if that's not your thing, this might not be the show for you. But if you like podcasts about rich people behaving badly and bloody things happening in history you should definitely check out noble blood and a ya book that i wrote that's coming out next february called anatomy a love story cheers bitches hi this is katie
1: and this is nathan
0: and you're listening to queen's podcast the show about badass women in history Hey Nathan. Katie. Oh my goodness. How excited are you for this episode? I
1: think I've been waiting for this since we started the podcast.
0: Since we started the podcast. I think a lot of people have been waiting for this since oh, we know. started the podcast. Oh,
1: and everybody is just like
0: sitting on pins and needles. Unless they saw the title of the episode. <laughs>
1: yeah, that could possibly yeah. uh, have spoiler alert! So
0: let's just, let's just get it out there, Nathan. Who are we talking about today? Anna of
2: Cleaves.
0: Anna von Cleaves. Yes. <laughs> She was the fourth wife of the infamous Henry VIII, King of England. Theirs was the shortest of his many marriages, which is probably not a bad thing. Probably, <laughs> she's probably the luckiest of his wives. <laughs> she's often overlooked, but I think she's really, really interesting. Nathan,
1: I do too. But before we
0: start off, mm-hmm. we need to do some Patreon shout out. <laughs> Patreon. All right, thank you so much to new su- new supporters. Kara and Amanda. And
1: thanks to Stacy and to Kirby.
0: Yes. And thank you, obviously, to all of our listeners and all of our supporters at every level. We love you so much. Nathan, tell us about this cocktail. What are we drinking? So.
1: What this cocktail is it's called the beloved sister. The
0: beloved sister. So
1: I took a shot and a half of lemon vodka, mm-hmm. uh, two shots of cranberry juice, one shot of orange juice, one shot of ginger beer, squeeze of lemon, shake that bitch up. Try not to shake it because it's got ginger beer in it. So don't like, shake
0: it too. Don't take yeah. it like a polaroid picture uh, no, necessarily. No. More like gently stir it up. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Shake it like a <laughs> feather.
1: Um, <laughs> and then you just literally pour it and it furnish it with some cranberry, uh, like some little frozen cranberries that okay. I used. Delish,
0: Del- delish. I haven't tasted it yet. Let's, let's. Oh, that is nice. I can yes. taste. I can taste the lemon definitely. I so like I it. used.
1: I used a lot of um light, like light cranberry juice and light orange juice, like, and, like lower because you know I like lower on the sugar. That was actually like one of the things with stevia as well. Like I put a little sprinkle of yeah. stevia in this just to kind of balance out that lemon tart.
0: I like lemon, and I appreciate a low-sugar option, so this is—what's it called again?
1: It's called The Beloved Sister.
0: So before we get into this episode, I feel like this is one—this episode requires some— prerequisites. (laughs) prerequisites. <laughs> yeah, like if you're just going to get
1: it, like kind of getting into the Tudor thing or Renaissance history, I mean, we love it, but
0: the Anne of Cleves' story might leave you going, oh, wait, wait, who is that? What? Who is this person? Wait, what? So welcome to the show. We're so happy you're here, but maybe like start with the Catherine of Aragon episode Yeah,
1: because <laughs> there's a lot going on in mm-hmm. here.
0: It's not entry-level Queen's Podcast is what no, we're- No, this is expert level. Eh way. You want to get into it, Nathan?
1: Yes. So, Anne was born in 1515, and then some people say the date of her birth was June 28th, and some say September 22nd. Why
0: Why would it be important to know? At least we know the year. Yeah, right?
1: <laughs> There's been some that we, it's been like, she was either born in 1508
0: or 1540. Yeah. And you're like,
1: wait, that's <laughs> like 20, 30 years. No, that's a big difference. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's, let's keep going. We may not know the date, but... We know the place. Yes. So she was born in Dusseldorf, mm-hmm. which is modern-day Western Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've discussed quite a lot that in this show about Germany. Um, it's this whole other thing.
0: It's not like what you think of now. Yes. As like the country of Germany.
1: It was like the um, like city-state type of small duchies. Principalities. And probably, yeah, yeah. So it's more or less still underneath the Holy Roman Emperor.
0: State of mind. That state of mind is going to come up a lot in this episode, <laughs> actually. But it's kind of confusing. But, like, she would have spoken German. It like yes. would have been her native language. Yes.
1: I was thinking about making a drink, a cocktail that had Jaeger in it. Oh, but then Yeah. Oh,
0: that is exactly... <laughs> like, <laughs> you can't even say it without me having, like, this... Adverse reaction. Like, I know. No.
1: That's like the college drink that you got sick on so oh many times. God. Just once. <laughs>
0: that's yeah. All, yeah, that's took.
2: all you need. That's all you need. <laughs> Do gross. you like Jaeger?
1: No, it's licorice. Oh,
0: it's, it's licorice. rose oh, gross. Yeah. So. Sorry if any of our listeners are like, hey, my mom makes Jaeger or whatever. Like, <laughs> Jaeger's my dad. (laughs) Jaeger's I'm I'm Jennifer Jaeger. No, sorry about it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Anyway, Anne's dad was the Duke of Cleves, and he was known as John the Peaceful. That's that's a nice nickname to have from history, right? Yeah,
1: and so Anne's family has lots of land and money, and some of the other kings in Europe thought they should have some of those lands because dicks
0: because um there's so much dick waving in this story honestly. yeah
1: time for extreme dick wag- wagging and waving from uh charles the holy roman emperor and mm-hmm. francis king of france <laughs> how original yeah <laughs> and henry the eighth might as well just throw that fucker in here
0: those three <laughs> throughout this entire time in history those three dudes are just like so power hungry at this time lots of ego Lots of fragile dick energy. And Dad, more or less, tried to keep the peace and tried to be friends with all of them. What, 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 was that why he was called the, the peaceful? peaceful? Yeah. Oh, see what you did there. Well, you didn't do it. I, I mean, just, history did it, too. History did it. But yeah, like, okay, I'll take credit. <laughs> Thus the name the peaceful, yes. <laughs>
1: So the first thing that really surprised me about Anne of Cleves' upbringing is that she had strong women in her life.
0: Right. I was kind of surprised by that, too. Like, not a lot is known about her mother. But we do know that her mother, Maria, like, set in, I, I don't know what it would have been called then, but now we'd consider it, like, Congress or Parliament or something like that. She actually, like, signed bills. She was not like a passive.
1: Oh, so it's like not, uh, how do you solve a problem like Maria? Maria solved the problems.
0: Yes, (laughs) Nathan. Yes. (laughs) Absolutely. So that really surprised me because we just, a lot of her early life is a bit of a question mark. So I was expecting all the women in the story to be passive, but she was not raised by a passive woman. Her mother was very involved. So she had a strong role model in her mom, and I love that for her.
1: So she grew up with three siblings, uh, an older sister named Sybil, a younger brother named William, and a younger sister, Amelia. Her older sister was like this renowned beauty. She was a
0: stone-cold hottie.
1: Oh, no, I can totally relate to this, because like in high school, everybody had the hots for my brother. (laughs)
0: I could I, – I see that. I didn't have the hots for your brother, but Thank I could God. see how a lot of people would have been like – You had the like,
1: hots for me. Yes,
0: I had the <laughs> hots for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, So I've put a picture here in the show notes of her, Nathan, and I'll put it in the show notes on our website. But, I mean, sometimes I feel like in Renaissance paintings there's so much room for interpretation, but this woman was obviously beautiful. Look mm-hmm. at her. Look at her. Yeah. She's got the long, long red hair. She's even kind of got like a smirk on her face. Like, and she's
1: got the high cheekbones. She's like, bitch, the... I
0: know I'm hot. I know. She's
1: kind of got that heart shaped face almost. Yes. Like, it's like very pointed. kind of looks and... like
0: Jennifer Lawrence a little bit. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Anne is very close to her family. She was schooled with her sisters by their mother, and their brother and dad were always around, too.
0: Very tight-knit So,
1: very Mm tight-knit, yes. Though the sisters didn't spend much time at court, their court here, while very progressive in some ways, was conservative in terms of women and men mingling. Yeah, like
0: like the two did not... They they did not cross paths on a day to day basis. Absolutely it was it not.
1: was definitely like one of those uh, church dances with like leave room for Jesus, <laughs> leave room for Jesus.
0: Their church dances would have been women at one dance, men at another dance. <laughs> like no, she wouldn't have. Besides her dad, her brother, and like maybe some uncles or something, she wouldn't have interacted with a whole lot of men. Until she was uh, married, really.
1: So super duper sheltered. Yes, do
0: da do da.
1: So her education was fine. Fine. I mean, when
0: you look at Henry the Eighth's wives, Catherine of Aragon, Anne Boleyn, and Catherine Parr, these women that just are like great minds and so well educated. Like she wasn't as well educated as she wasn't translating latin or anything but she could read she was her education was on par with like jane seymour
1: okay so like daily duties house yeah like it seems so dickery to say it's just like housewife duties no i mean that's
0: what her education was based around like hey one day you're they weren't thinking she was gonna be queen or anything but like one day you're going to run a rich household here's everything it was a practical education yeah
1: so shocking caveat to all of this um you might be surprised to know she's motherfucking catholic she was
0: raised catholic i was so surprised do that noise again (laughs) (laughs) i was so surprised by that because like everything that i've ever read was like well Cleves was something somewhere that they wanted england wanted to make an alliance with because they were protestant what like i just have in my mind that she was This Protestant woman from the day she was born, because
1: like Henry VIII just broke up with the Catholic Church, Mm -hmm. just like you know, broke up via text message, (laughs) via papal dispensation,
0: (laughs) via excommunication. (laughs) She was born. No, she was born like two years before Martin Luther left that, like the the post it note on the church door, just being like, "Hey, (laughs) we need to talk about like." But I mean, at the
1: end of the day, her dad was very lenient towards protestants that's
0: another reason her dad was called the peaceful because in a time of a lot of upheaval about religion her dad was just sort of like y'all it's all christianity
1: it's all under the same umbrella here
0: her dad really really supported like financially this guy named erasmus who was a catholic philosopher But he was like, yo, though, like, the Pope is super corrupt. I think that rubbed off on her a lot with um, just kind of being lenient about religion throughout her whole life.
1: Yeah, her parents are just all around kind of chill type of people. Yeah, that's the
0: vibe I get. They were just Um. very, like hey, if you're not a dick, we won't be dicks to you. Right. Kind of thing, yeah.
1: Like, nobody ever complained about taxes. He didn't bother people about religion. Like, this is the kind of guy that I would like to live
0: under the rule of. Her mom got to, like, have a say in the government. Her parents were patrons of philosophers and artists. I think this was something that was so surprising to me. Because, you know, besides Anne of Cleves, I'd never heard of Cleves. So I thought it was like this backwater. But it was actually like a really... Progressive Renaissance court, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a. It was very of its time. it, it, it was very Renaissance in the renaissance
1: oh there she went with Ah! it she committed
2: i committed to the
0: bit
1: (laughs) so what do we know about Anne? okay uh we know that she loved embroidery and was said to be really fucking good at it just
0: like jane seymour
1: Mm -hmm. yeah
0: because she wasn't super visible at court i really we really 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 want to drive home that like before she left cleves to go to england spoiler alert she was so sheltered so we just don't have a whole lot of descriptions of her personality wise or looks wise but we know that she was taller than the average woman okay and we also know that she was raised by parents that loved each other and loved her in a happy home so that's uh that's
1: it doesn't doesn't happen much
2: it's refreshing it's <laughs> <Yeah>. very nice <laughs> I'm
1: there.
0: i love that that happened for her
1: so let's fast forward <laughs> Uh, a little bit, because <laughs> nothing's really going to be happening during this time. Yeah. So when Anne was eleven, she was formally betrothed. Um,
0: because um, oh god, Spinsterville, eleven. Come oh on, gosh. let's get her married. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she was engaged to a guy named Francis, who was the heir of Lorraine.
0: That's Lorraine. If you're new, Lorraine is kind of just like a Providence in modern day France, basically.
1: Yeah. So if this marriage would have gone forward, spoiler alert, it doesn't, yeah. um, Anne would have totally disappeared into obscurity.
0: We would never have heard of her. No. I think that's so crazy. Side note, um, hmm, why wasn't she at least taught French?
1: Yeah, right. right.
0: If they thought by 11 that she was going to be eventually marrying a guy, over the, why? Because she wasn't... I she, wish she
1: could see Katie get, in her uh, hand gestures.
0: Uh, it's so <laughs> annoying because she wasn't taught anything any languages and i just feel like that was the most basic thing she's gonna marry a french dude let's teach her french and if she would have spoken french when she got to england her and henry would have at least had one language in common
1: yeah that's true
0: Uh, that just i it really irks me
1: (laughs) right i can see i can see i know i know Uh. anyway ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Rat f***ing is killing your own opposition. And I take on rat f-ing jobs so I can get compromising material on politicians that I can
2: use at a later date. That's rat f***ing.
0: He was a political fixer who did dirty tricks for money. Now, he's decided to tell all and bring his powerful clients down with him.
2: He's a con man, and I think he's a pretty good con man. Some people tell you absolutely fantastical
1: stories, and and they turn out to be true.
0: Rat from Canada Land Podcasts. Subscribe to it now.
1: Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. Okay. So that betrothal fell apart and remember all this like King Dick waving mm-hmm, contest. Mm-hmm. Uh well the king of France decided that this wasn't the alliance that he wanted. Possibly just to spite Anne's brother.
0: Anne's brother was a bit of a dick. Like he's not my favorite person. <laughs> In 1538 when Anne was 23 her dad died, which must have been like a gut punch because like they were so close. They were so like the whole family was close and her dad was so cool and popular, so it must have sucked for her, sucked for the entire duchy. But now her brother, William, is the Duke of Cleves and he's running these lands. Like I said, he was kind of a dick. Like, he was kind of a dick. He wasn't the peaceful, like his dad. Like, his dad mm-hmm. kind of was passive, kind of like rolled with the punches. And William was like, well, no, I want to be one of these dick-waving kings. Like, I'm... He wants to be in the room where it happens, the room where it happens, the room where it happens.
1: No, (laughs) Hamilton, no. How did we go to Hamilton?
0: (laughs) But he rubbed... Charles V, who is the Holy Roman Emperor, he rubs Charles V the wrong fucking way. And he's like, I just don't like that dude. But to be honest... William was a bit of a brat anyway.
1: A very wealthy brat. (laughs) He
0: was a a very rich brat. So, like, they tolerated him, but they didn't like him. So just to set the stage of, like, the political vibe of the time—
1: so, also, William leaned way into that Protestant vibe. Mm. And it doesn't seem like Anne really had a problem with this. Maybe since she was raised with religious tolerance. Maybe. Her dad was John the Peaceful. The Peaceful, yeah. Uh, also, no letters or diaries of anything from this time survive from her, so we really don't know.
0: So maybe she hated it, but she we don't know because... Yeah. She didn't write anything down. So either way, she was like, okay, I guess we're Lutheran now and just went with it. So let's do, let's bounce over to England real quick and do like a pulse check over there. What's what's going on in England at this time, Nathan?
1: So Henry, Henry VIII has been single for a couple of years now and- that's because his, like, baby mama, mm-hmm. Jane Seymour, died. And he's starting to look around again, so he creeps. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> his right-hand man, a dude named Thomas Cromwell, is like, hey, there's this filthy rich dude in Germany with two single sisters. I mean, the dude's a bit of a dickhead, but he's constantly doing all the shit to piss off at the Holy Roman Emperor and the King of France, but th- th- he's got two hot
0: sisters. And Henry's like, Hey, I I like pissing off the king of France. Maybe me and this guy can make an alliance. And hot sisters, you say. Hot sisters, you say. I like pissing off the king of France and I like hot sisters. Tell me more.
1: I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote. That's a direct
0: quote. (laughs) I'm pretty sure. But actually, Henry was mainly interested. There was this chick named Christina of Denmark, who one day I want to do a full episode on her because she is... Fascinating. No, there was this there's this chick named Christina of Denmark that Henry actually wanted to marry. But that doesn't pan out. Cromwell's like, okay, look, that's probably not gonna happen, so let's keep the Cleves girls in mind. Like basically you don't have to make a decision today, but let's just keep them in mind.
1: So it's important to understand how strategic an alliance was with Cleves. First, they didn't want an alliance with a country that was still in with a Adapalba! And since England was always kind of falling in and out of France, uh, out of love with France um, (laughs) and the Holy Roman Empire, it was important for them to have an airtight alliance with a big major player on the continent. Mm -hmm. And thus, that's one of the reasons that Cromwell was pushing Cleves. But Cleves... Wasn't the only option, and Henry wasn't the only one that wanted that alliance.
0: Yeah, for like the next two years, it kind of made me feel sick to my stomach. There was like these three women on the marriage market for like nobility in Europe, and they were just like juggling them around, and it was like the fucking draft or something. Did I use that right? Is that... Today. Did yeah. I sports, <laughs> Sport day. Did I sports right? Yay, sports. Points. You got <laughs> points. points. I got points for the sports reference. <laughs> but no, it was Anne of Cleves and her sister, but more Anne because she was the older one. And then this Christina of Denmark chick. And then Mary Tudor, Henry VIII's daughter. And it's just like they were just juggling around these three Poor girls being like, who, well, they'll marry this person and then they'll marry this person and then they'll marry this. And it was just like, it just made, it gave me an icky vibe. Do you know?
1: Yeah. Well, they're basically just selling them off like cattle yes. to whoever yes. they're going to piss off
0: mm-hmm, the most.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh. At one point, it was even proposed that Anne would marry Henry and William would marry Henry's daughter, Mary, in a bit of like a bride
0: swap. <laughs> like a bride swap. Like, like, let's just swap them over. I am so glad that in no time In my life, would it ever be like my marriage depended on who my dad married? Ew.
1: Ew. 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 Royal families are weird, yo.
0: Yes. Um, Like I was saying earlier, Christina of Denmark super interesting. She was this young, rich widow. Every king, every duke, every anybody in Europe wanted to marry her. But her uncle was the Holy Roman Emperor, Charles. State of mind. State of mind. Um, do you know who Charles's mom was? One of Castile. Oh,
1: cool. so circle back. back. Circle back.
0: <laughs> Prerequisite episode. All right, that means the Holy Roman Emperor's aunt was Catherine of Aragon. Right. He was never in a million of y- million years going to let his niece marry. Like cuz this is his niece. He's yeah. never going to let her marry Henry VIII. No. After after what he did to Catherine of Aragon. But he was like, yeah, but, like, let's not tell him that and let's let him send gifts and stuff for a couple of years. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, maybe I'll change my mind. Like, no, he's not going to. But maybe. Please send me more necklaces or whatever, you know. (laughs) (laughs) So
1: So, Christina of Denmark vocally did not want to marry Henry mm -mm. either. They said that she was quoted as saying, if I had two heads one would gladly be at the king of England's disposal.
2: Ouch! Ooh.
0: Motherfucker, that's a...
1: That, Use lube, Christina.
0: So, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is, like, it's kind of disputed if she said this or not, but even if she didn't say this, the fact that it was, like, rumored, like, contemporary people, people... In Europe, we're so into shitting on Henry that this was a big rumor that it makes me think, like, oh, he must have been just, like, the joke of, Mm -hmm. of, like, the monarchies at this time or something. That, like, a 14-year-old girl is like, (laughs) sick burn, you know, like
1: (laughs) – Oh my god! <laughs> While well, all of this is going on, Anne has her portrait done, um, so her brother could send it all around because you know she needs to get sold off like that prize cattle.
0: Yeah, yeah. Got to see what the got to see what the cattle looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So
1: all these would be suitors get a good look at her.
0: Yes. Something that is so frustrating is that, like I was saying earlier, we don't have any contemporary descriptions of her at this time. We don't know how does she feel. About being told, like, oh, well, we're sending your portrait off to the King of England. We're sending your portrait off to this Duke over here. Is she excited? Is she nervous? Would she rather be a nun? Like, we no. don't – we just have no idea of how she felt about this.
1: And what I'm really curious about is did she know Henry VIII's reputation?
0: I wish we knew when she found out that he had a wife beheaded. <laughs> I wish we knew. Did she know that? Going into it, did she know that when she got to England? Like, I. Argh.
1: Well, that she's probably if she did, she's probably told. Well, she was a witch. Well, she was a witch. She was, was fine. a witch. She we had witch.
0: You're not a witch. You'll be fine. Six fingers. Yeah, well, you're not a witch. You will be okay. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but she lived such a sheltered life. So I wondered because obviously, I feel like obviously her mom and her brother knew that. Did they keep that from her? Mm. Like. I,
1: she couldn't go on like ye dot imdb.com. And, no, and there up. was
0: no Google um, <laughs> at all. So, yeah, no, that's just that's just a point that is so, so frustrating to me that like I just want to know when she found out about, you know, so far there was divorce, beheaded, died. Mm-hmm. Beheaded is pretty scary. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: so they send anne's portrait done by a german painter to henry and y'all this is a portrait of a very pretty woman
0: because we all know the english portrait but it looks like she's in the same outfit a lot of people say because the one that we know that will be in our cover art she's facing forward Mm -hmm. so we were like oh maybe she had a big old nose or something but this original portrait of her she's to the side Uh, she looks perfectly lovely
2: yeah she looks pretty don't buy for a
0: Second that she was just this hideous cow. You know what I mean? No.
1: Like and I think we've talked about the guy that does the portraits and we'll talk about him a little later on. His livelihood depended on making an accurate depiction yeah. of the woman because if he was known to like make
0: girls look pretty that weren't he wouldn't have been hired by the royal people. Right. <laughs> Henry saw the portrait and he was like, Okay, she's cute. But I'm gonna send my own dude Hans Holbein over here. He's my man. I'm gonna send him to go take a picture, take a picture, paint a portrait, <laughs> and then I'll decide from there. But oh, let's circle back on the Christina of Denmark thing. So why don't we take a qu- quick break right now, okay. Nathan? Nathan, let's take a quick break and touch up our drinks, and then we'll come back and see how how did Han, Hans Holbein do with that portrait? All
1: right. Mm-hmm.
0: And we're back. Did you miss us?
1: Uh, I bet you did. (laughs) (laughs) So Henry VIII sends Hans Holbein, who's like his main dude. Yeah. Yeah, he does portraits with no filters.
0: Yeah. And Henry specifically was like, do not flatter her. I want you to paint her exactly how she looks. Go over there. Do your thing. And... If she's not a stone-cold hottie, man, I expect you to report that. Show it in the picture, you know? Yeah.
1: And while the English guys were over in Cleves getting Anne's portrait done, the ambassadors weren't allowed to meet Anne or her sister. Yeah. And when they did see them, William made the girls wear thick veils.
0: Like, this was just a more conservative court than England. But, like, even for the time, it was like... Why, bro? What? what what is this dude's problem like wh- <laughs> like why did he want to have such like control like they're it's he-
1: cattle they're bargaining chips and that's what he was
0: yeah but when you don't whenever you're trading cattle don't you want to show off the cattle uh, <laughs> like, don't sure. you want to be like look at this good looking cow it feels like it was such like a power thing to William oh absolutely and when the dudes were like um, can we see their faces maybe William went the fuck off he was like you perverts what what do you want to see them naked too and they, and they were They're like, like, whoa, like whoa, man. Um, whoa
1: whoa whoa whoa, <laughs> we just don't want them with their veil on
0: like, they were like this fucking guy needs a chill pill <laughs> <that's> exactly <laughs> what they wrote in their documents <laughs>
1: So when this is all done, they come back to Henry with the portrait that we all know of whenever we think of Anne of Cleves. And it's a beautiful portrait. I'm sorry. I just can't believe for a second that she was quote unquote. Ugly. No,
0: no, of course not.
1: And I really do think that if she's obviously ugly, Holbein again would not have painted her that way because Henry commissioned him right. to give an accurate photo. And
0: this was a time in history where Henry the was a very head chop happy. <laughs> like So why would you mm-hmm. also he had no horse in this race he if Henry VIII married Anna Cleves or not did not affect Hans Holbein's life so like why why why, why would he he wouldn't so
1: Henry sees the photo and is like yep she's hot mm-hmm. but to be honest I don't know anything about this woman I know lots of people have seen Christina of Denmark and then he's like hey Cromwell I really want you to fight a little harder for the Christina of Denmark marriage and Cromwell fucking he's donezo. She's so, just
0: so done with it. Donezo. Dude, her, her uncle and the person who signs off on who she marries, you kind of burnt that fucking bridge, my man. Like- yeah,
1: bro. And she gave you a sick burn, too. Yeah. Like, move on.
0: Holbein. Have you ever seen the um, portrait that Holbein does of Christina of Denmark? Mm-mm. Let me look it up. Because um, I find it so interesting that it looks very much like she was not... Here's the portrait.
1: Oh, we get a full body.
0: Yes. It looks like they they were like, dress as cute as you possibly could for this picture and she was like, I do not want to be chosen. So yeah. I'm
1: going to... Put on a bath mat, Moo Moo. Yes. Yeah.
0: And she's just like, mm, no, thank you. <laughs> what is the opposite of pick me energy? You know, like um, no, thank you. But Henry was just had it in his head that, like, Christina of Denmark was the thing. And Cromwell's just like, dude.
1: I mean, Henry is a little cray at this point.
0: Oh, my God. Well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Under a statement. He's paranoid. Mm. So, like, Henry the Eighth at this time is... Because, like, in our Catherine of Aragon episode, in our Anne Boleyn episodes, and even in our Jane Seymour episodes, he was still that handsome prince. Mm-hmm. He was the hottie with the body.
1: Mm-hmm. Not anymore. Is no for now. No.
0: no. He is not a honey with the money. He is the stereotype that you think of when you go to the Renaissance Fair. The big very overweight guy eating a turkey leg yeah. and <laughs> drunk. And also he had this, we've talked about it in the Jane Seymour episode, where he had like that sore on his leg that had to be drained.
1: Oh, yeah, that's Like daily. Right. Uh-huh.
0: This point, it's like when he walked in a room, he stunk up the room. Like he's Ugh. not. And also he's just pale. After Anne Boleyn's death, he just becomes this paranoid dude. And so, like, in his head, he's kind of taking note that I want the Christina of Denmark marriage, but Cromwell's not supporting me on this. Why is that?
1: So he's thinking that Cromwell's plotting something. Something. Oh, good.
0: Maybe this will be important later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, bookmark that for episode two. Yeah.
1: Ag- again, we have like no idea about how Anne felt about any of this. But regardless, the men involved started to draw up all of these treaties. And the English guys were like, hey, We heard something about a marriage contract between Anne and the Duke of Lorraine's son. (laughs)
0: Uh, Ah! What's that about? And the Cleves dudes are like, um, that's none of your business. That has nothing to do with this. Like, why would you even bring that up? Um, You don't have to worry about that. LOL. Bye.
1: (laughs) And honestly... People who know more about 16th century law than us may argue the marriage contract actually may not have been dissolved like super duper well.
0: Like it it yeah. <laughs> it seems like they didn't do their full due diligence to have it like completely completely dissolved. They were just sort of like from a legal standpoint it was ambiguous. Yes. Um so I mean I don't think the English dudes at this point are doing anything wrong asking about it.
2: Mm -mm. Just trying
0: to make sure everything's like up to code, you know. But they were like, actually, you know, this was written up before the Duke of Lorraine's son was 10. So it's actually not legally binding. What? <laughs> we get, we've we had so many women in these sh- – girls in these shows married off when they're like 10. Three. Yeah. And it's like, what do you mean? But I guess that's some kind of loophole just for boys. I don't know. Okay. So we know eventually Anne does go over to England because otherwise we wouldn't really be talking about her. But um, I think it's important to talk a little bit about the differences in the English courts – and the German courts. Well, I mean, we've
1: kind of touched on the yeah. modesty in... The
0: modesty and the separation of the S- genders. So
1: England, like, if someone from Cleves were to go to England, they'd be like, are they doing butt stuff here?
0: Are they... <laughs> <laughs> basically Sodom and Gomorrah to them. You're absolutely right. They were like, the ladies and the men intermingle and they dance together? People have mistresses openly?
1: Clutch your pearls, ladies. The,
0: the dances were different because, you know, like the men and women would like hold hands or like touch hands when they're dancing. And it's like, ooh. What next? Uh, Butt stuff? Butt stuff.
1: (laughs) Um, I don't know if you know this about English people either. They like to drink.
0: Oh, yes. Um, (laughs) I mean, Germans nowadays. Germans do
1: too, yeah. But but back then it was like,
0: I'm sure people drank, but you didn't get drunk in public. You know, like Mm -hmm. it was, they were just like, this is a land of sin. What the hell?
1: So anyway, negotiations move forward. One huge issue that we found interesting was that William was really worried about how Anne would travel to England.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then Holy Roman Emperor Charlie, not happy about that marriage either. And it was a legit worry that he would try to, like, kidnap her
0: yes! on her way back. This makes me think of, remember, in the Eleanor of Aquitaine? Mm-hmm. Like, how... Anytime she went anywhere they had to worry about somebody like kidnapping her and forcing her into marriage or something because being a woman is scary. (laughs) (laughs) Number one hit on iTunes. Number one hit through history.
1: (laughs) But could you imagine how like nervous you would be to be sent off to a strange land, leaving your home, leaving your mother, your sisters, everybody that you've been like living a sheltered life with to go to this strange ass land where you don't speak the language. don't know anybody. And on top of that, you got worried about being kidnapped.
0: No, it sounds horrible. Henry VIII, though, to his credit, this is kind of sweet. He started to get really excited about having a wife again. And as much as he sucks, he's kind of a hopeless romantic when the mood struck him when he wasn't cutting off the wife's head (laughs) or sending them to a nunnery. And he'd kind of become enamored. With her portrait, or just the idea of her.
1: He's like that dude that just obsesses over, oh, he's so weird. He's so weird.
0: But it's kind of cute in a very weird way. He starts redecorating the queen's rooms and the palaces. He hires dressmakers and the best ladies-in-waiting. And He's starts... one of those
1: people that whenever, you know, you, like, friend request him, he goes in and likes all of your photos yes. from the past.
0: Yes.
2: Yes, 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 yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> and you're like,
1: dude, that was, like, 10 years ago. Stop.
2: Stop
0: looking <laughs> at my pictures from 2012. Um, but no, he just becomes very hyper-focused on making sure that he has all the best everything for her when she arrives which is kind of sweet in his weird little way, you know? Right. However, I
1: feel like one thing that could have been really (laughs) helpful was totally overlooked. Um, The two throughout this years of negotiations never, like, wrote to each other. Yeah.
0: Like, I get why they never met each other, because it's a long trek, and he's old, and she could get kidnapped. But how
1: many love letters have we seen from... He
0: he wrote to Anne Boleyn. He wrote, like, why... Weren't they writing each other, like, because the the dudes from England were going back and forth from England and Cleves all the time. Why didn't he, like, write her a letter?
1: It was his stinky leg sore.
0: His stinky leg made him (laughs) not like to write letters, I guess. I mean, (laughs) I know they don't speak the same language with somebody. Like, they could have at least got to know each other's personalities. Right. A little. Why was that completely skipped over? I don't know.
1: So, her mom did not want her to go at all. Her
0: mom didn't want her to marry the guy that cut off his second wife's head? Oh. No? Oh.
1: Oh. (laughs) (laughs) There's not much more details than that, Um, but we're pretty sure it's because of the head chopping.
0: Might had something to do with it.
1: (laughs) Or maybe just because, like, she would miss her own daughter. They're very tight-knit. They're very close. Because the
0: other daughter that had already been married off, the super hot one that we talked about earlier... She wasn't that far. Like, she was still on the continent. Like, I know that England, comparatively from Germany, isn't that far. But back then, there was an ocean between them. You know, it's a Mm -hmm. bigger deal. Yeah.
1: Anyway, in October 1539, marriage agreement signed. Signed, sealed, delivered. Boom. And our girl Anne was about to become the next queen of England. Yes. And she didn't speak English. Uh, she didn't know anything about the country.
0: What could go wrong? She's
1: never received a single letter or anything from her husband. It's to me. fine.
0: This is fine. <laughs>
1: and we're not even sure if she was aware that he had had three wives before that. What could go
0: wrong, Nathan? So it's decided her best route to England would be she'd travel by land to Calais because that was english-owned land we're going, going going going
1: back back to calais calais, calais. calais.
0: yes because <laughs> um, that was still like lands on the continent owned by england at the time and then she'd chill in calais for a day or two and then henry would send some boats to take her to england boats and hose, boats and hose. Oh, that sounds um, a good time to be yeah. mm-hmm. and then she'd chill at a castle for a few days she'd be met by some friends given the five-star treatment been brought to a spa get her nail nails did hurted everything did <laughs> and then they'd meet on christmas day and do christmas together and be married a few days later it sounds Perfect, right?
1: Yeah, but did it go according to plan? No. (laughs) No. So things got off to a rocky start, and them leaving Cleves was delayed by a full week. She
0: couldn't get her entourage together, and it was dumb shit, too. It was like, okay, well, we've got all the ladies now, but now we don't have the right number of men to accompany, and now we don't have the right number of horses to accompany. It's just like... (sighs) (laughs) <sighs> <Yes. laughs> it was just – it ended up being, like, this huge group of, like, 1,500 people or something. Oh, my God. Like, a huge – and they moved so
1: slow. Yeah, wasn't it, like, they didn't go but, like, five miles a day sometimes?
0: <laughs> I mean, I know it was history, and they couldn't exactly get in the jet and, like, travel very – but five miles – I can walk five miles in an hour. Like, right, <laughs> Come yeah, on. I, could, I you can do go, You can go 15 miles a day and still, like, <laughs> make it there for dinner, you know?
1: <laughs> so then, finally, they make it to Calais.
0: Calais, Calais, Calais. <laughs> and
1: y'all fucking red carpet rolled out. Oh She arrived to fireworks, cannons being shot off in celebration, and there was music, feast, drinks, Party, party, party! And Anne
0: is just like for little old me, <laughs> uh, for <old> me. <laughs> can, but no, really, can you imagine how special she must have felt? Like, I mean,
1: finally, after all these years of being like passed around like a bargaining chip, yeah,
0: and not even actually being seen. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that she wasn't used to like being celebrated the way that like maybe that Christina of Denmark was, you know, or um, yeah, Christina of Denmark. So she's just like, oh, for me, little old me.
1: And though this was a time for partying, it was also Anne's, like, first chance to learn about England.
0: Why they hadn't been doing that for the whole last year while they did the... <laughs> it's just face. so annoying. <laughs> But yes, so now they finally are like, let's teach you about England. Better late than never. Her
1: education started. Mm -hmm. Um, She started with English lessons. She started learning the customs, learning how they dressed. And Anne is super eager to learn at this point. It was a bit of a scandal amongst her ladies and waiting because she wanted to start eating dinner with the Englishmen and women, not just the women.
0: Well, because that's how they did it in England. Yes. And it was like, you want to eat with men? And she's like, all right, I don't want to suck their dicks. I just want to, like. <laughs> I don't
1: want to do butt stuff. I don't,
0: I'm not trying to. And they're like, eating with men leads to butt stuff. And she's like, no. <laughs> no, we're just going to have dinner. <laughs>
1: but at the end of the day, it's just like, I have to. So I, she's, she's
0: going to have to do it eventually. So she may she, as well get used to stepping it. Stepping yeah. out of that comfort
1: zone, being her, living her best English life. Yes.
0: Something, what I love about this um, is that throughout this entire story, all of Anne's beginning years, because she's like 23 at this point, but we don't know anything about her personality. And as soon as she is out of Cleves, out of that kind of sheltered life, We immediately start learning about her personality. And the first thing that the English dudes learn is they're like, whoa, this, she's fucking funny. I know like everything she said was through translators and stuff, but even through that, the English guys were like picking up on like these witty jokes she was making. They were like, fuck, she's funny. I love a funny bitch.
1: Me, too. Yes. I mean, obviously.
2: obviously.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's why we hang out with each other. Uh, But
2: unfortunately,
1: there was bad weather in Calais. Calais, Calais, (laughs)
2: Calais.
1: (laughs) And the two-day stop turned into 15 days.
0: Can you imagine how frustrating that must have been, not knowing? Because now we can look at weather reports. But back then, it was just like, every day, you just have to wake up and go, oh, still bad. But then every day she was in Calais, they were still like, throwing parties for her so she's like cool uh, okay <laughs> alright some more wine some more feasts alright alright
1: but then her Christmas day plans got cancelled yeah um, and she couldn't leave until like December 27th
0: yeah alright we finally make it to England Anne and Company lands on the evening of December 27th 1539 and they spend their first night there with like this huge entourage In a place called Dover, and the next day they move on to Rochester, and it's not a long, long journey. But can you imagine going across the sea, like traveling back then? Traveling now is exhausting. (laughs) Traveling back then must just going the shortest distance. It's this ordeal, you know. Yeah, don't want to do it. So she's fucking exhausted. And on top of that, every place that she stops, she meets new people and she has to learn a new custom. She has to learn a new greeting, a new curtsy or whatever. Every town she goes to, they're like pulling out the red carpet. She's been doing this for like three months. She's fucking exhausted
1: yeah she's done she's done
0: Oh, she's tired she's, I'm tired just thinking about she, it she's
1: like can I just have some french fries can and... I just get some
0: fries and watch some Netflix please and they are
1: like oh, let me teach you about fish and chips
0: yeah <laughs>
2: and she's like, no uh,
1: meanwhile Henry is really anxious to meet a zoop that's understandable uh, yeah However, I think we should paint a picture of Henry VIII of 1549. Mm-hmm. We we've talked about that that the, the the that stinky st- guy, stinky guy mm-hmm. with the the peg leg. That's who we're dealing. with I mean, with he didn't now. have a peg leg, but it's yeah. it just really. If you infected. want to
0: imagine he had one, it's fine too. <laughs>
1: <Like>. <laughs> but that's the dude we're dealing with now. Yeah. A little mentally unstable. Um, long gone is the tall and hot king from Catherine of Aragon or Anne yeah. Boleyn. He's just not not cute. But now.
0: he has in his head that this marriage is going to make him young again. That, like, they are going to have some synergy. (laughs) He's putting way too much pressure Mm -hmm. in his head on this marriage. He's decided that he's going to do this thing where he dresses up in a disguise and he's going to go meet Anne and surprise her in the disguise. But because they were meant to be lovers, she's going to see through the disguise. (sighs) And know that it's Henry, her, her oh soon-to-be husband. Gosh. Side note. He did this shit with Catherine of Aragon. Yeah. All the time. And even though Catherine of Aragon was a foreigner, she had lived at court for seven years before mm-hmm. she married him. So she knew that this was a game he liked to play. and Yeah, and
1: she knew what he looked like, she knew too.
0: He, yeah, <laughs> Nobody told Anne of Cleves about—because no one was expecting him to do oh, this, you know? He's trying to make himself feel youthful by recreating the fun, romantic things that he did for other women in the past.
1: So, look, we understand that she's had this, like, crash course in England over the last month, but I guess— King pretends to be some poor dude in weird romantic game. Just didn't make it into her curriculum. No,
0: um,
1: which is a shame because is, I feel like Anne was witty and funny, and she could have.
0: If I think if someone would have told her that this was going to happen, she would have had fun with it. But yeah, why would they?
1: Why would yeah, Because uh, yeah.
0: oh. <laughs> so let's set the scene for this meet cute gone literally mm. wrong. Um, picture it. New Year's Day, 1540, Rochester Castle. Okay. Um, it's a holiday. So Anne didn't get to sleep in. She has to, like, get up and meet people and, like, do the whole thing all day. Visitors are eager to meet the new queen. She has feasts to attend. She's fucking tired. She's trying her best to be polite, but she's fucking tired.
1: And then she's told that she has a visitor. And in comes Henry. <laughs> Dressed as a commoner. Now, all the people in the closest proximity to Anne were her German ladies.
0: So they also weren't in on the game.
1: Yeah. And while she did have a few English women in her posse by now,
0: what can they do? They can't send her a telepathic message. That is the king. You know, like... (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but like, hey, <laughs> this is the king. BTW, just just fucking play
0: along. No, 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 no one can help her. No, she is helpless in this situation, and we've already painted the picture of what Henry looks like. He doesn't look regal when he like. You wouldn't guess he He's was
1: doing the stanky leg. <laughs> Come on, Henry, do the stanky leg, do the stanky leg.
0: Oh, every day he did the stanky leg. Nathan. You're Accurate, though, yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. But, like, so this huge, unhealthy, stinky guy comes in, dressed like a commoner, and then he's like, my lady, and she's just like, hey, and then he tries to kiss her. What do you think she does?
1: Uh, no. <laughs> because, yes. Short because answer, she said no. I, I would assume by now she may have heard about the other wives.
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but she doesn't know it's Henry. She just thinks oh this is God. some like, com, fat commoner trying to
1: yeah, paw but at her. Am I, I going to make out with some random dude? And she,
0: yes, exactly. No. She's like she's offended. As you might, you know what? If some guy I didn't know at Walgreens came up and tried to kiss me, you'd, yeah, I'd be pretty offended. <laughs> and she's just like, no, no. Uh. <laughs> and like, like some... There's several different accounts of this story, and one account actually has nothing to – doesn't mention the kissing at all. But this is, like, the more famous account, that he, like, tries to kiss her, and she, like, pushes him off and spits. But she, she was raised where, like, men and women didn't even eat dinner together. <laughs> Some man that she doesn't know who he is tries to kiss her?
1: Of course she's going to freak out because cor- she's betrothed to the king.
2: Can
0: you – Imagine Ugh. if Henry would have taken half a second to learn anything about the way that this woman that he was so supposedly obsessed with was raised, he would have known. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have recognized that this was a bad idea.
1: Yeah, especially because he got the stanky leg. He got the stanky like,
2: leg.
0: I'm we'll not
1: gonna try everything. to make out a guy that smells like rotten.
0: Oh. Stanky nut Stank- Yeah. <laughs> so much to the horror of all of the English people in the room that knew it was Henry because he was pretty recognizable at this point. When she pushed him away and, like, acted all pissed off, everybody was, like, just, like, frozen with terror. Oh, my gosh. What's going to happen? Uh, but how was she? So- oh, I just feel so bad. Right ha- away.
1: Hashtag poor baby Anne.
0: Hashtag poor baby Anne. Right away, Anne realized her mistake. And somebody was like, oh, by the way, that is the king. (laughs) And she apologized and bowed and like, I just hate this because for weeks she was practicing how their first meeting would go and how she would like painstakingly practicing how she would bow and exactly what she would say. And in English because she had been practicing. And to have it just completely thrown out the window, I just feel so Ugh, yeah, that sucks for her. So now she's trying to like recover and do like her bell and her introduction or whatever, but uh, she's frazzled. I'm frazzled thinking about I it. I know, right? <laughs>
1: God, she so here she is, tired as hell, in her very German clothes. She had been fitted for English clothes, but she wasn't dressed that way to yes. meet him. So she's too upset to put any of her practice of the language or her customs into any of this. So she wasn't looking or acting her best. She was not living her best life. It
0: sucks for her. And the, the, the version that was written home to her brother about this. Like I said, there's several versions. The one that was written home just said that um, the king came in dressed as a pauper or a messenger and Anne just ignored him. Like they left out the kiss thing. So I don't know which one's actually historically accurate, but both both are like unfair to her she didn't she didn't have the homeland advantage
1: yeah and she didn't know that the king was gonna dress up like a messenger yes well so
0: that was i have read um stories how this had happened in like english court in the past but it wasn't like a regular thing like um we haven't covered her yet but it was during the wars of the roses henry the sixth was gonna marry um margaret I'm forgetting what her name is now but his queen and he did the same thing like he came in dressed as like a messenger or whatever and she did the same thing she ignored him but they were still able to go on and get married and be like
1: Um, happy like yeah it's a horrible first impression yeah so Henry left Rochester that day telling his dudes I like her not and Sounds like Yoda. Yeah, I like her not.
0: I like her not. Not I don't, you know. like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and, okay, so it's I like her not, and she's nothing so fair as has been reported. Ouch. And starts telling Cromwell, hey, man, um, can I have an exit route? <laughs> you uh, need
0: to get me out of this.
1: Uh, and Cromwell's like, no, uh, we cannot piss our only friend in Europe right now. Uh, But somehow, Henry finds out about her previous marriage contract with the Duke of Varane's son. And Henry is like, yep.
0: Y'all need to figure this out. We need to get this sorted. And we need to get me out of this marriage. said just like that. Okay.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But can you imagine how Anne may have felt after going
0: through this? Oh, my gosh. She must have been so... I... Do you ever lay awake at night and just, like, randomly think of something embarrassing you did in the seventh grade? Yeah. Like, but, like, for the rest of her life and on a public stage, you know? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Regardless, the two had their official public meeting as planned a few days later. Like, they went, like, as it was actually supposed to go. And it was the people of England's first time to see Anne. And we actually get a bit more information about what she looked like. Again, like... Now that she's no longer in Cleves, she can not be so sheltered. Yeah. And so Henry and Anne were both dressed in their most beautiful clothes. And, beautiful gowns. And beautiful gowns. <laughs> <laughs> and they were put on their best horses and they both rode out to meet each other under like a gold canopy. And and then there was like feast and partying and drinking and music for like three days after they met.
1: So now there are some accounts that say it was noted here that Anne wasn't quite as pretty as she looked in her portraits. But we have no way of knowing if that's true. Henry VIII has probably already tried to uh, tarnish yeah, her reputation yeah. at this point. But even if it is true, I don't think anyone thought that was going to be an issue.
0: Because she certainly wasn't ugly. Like, she mm-hmm. didn't have warts and, like, missing teeth or what. Like, she was she was fine. And you know what? Like, there's nothing to indicate that Jane Seymour was an astounding, an astounding beauty. You know Touche. what I mean? Touche. You know what I mean? So like, mm-hmm. it's fine. So long as she's not hideous. Like, what? She's not de- deformed or anything. It's because
1: she turned him down the first time.
0: Yeah, he that's yes. literally. it.
1: The wedding would have been just a few days after this official meeting of the king and future queen, and no one outside of Henry's very inner circle knew anything was wrong. Yeah. Because at this public meeting, Henry acted very happy, kind, loving. He was very nice to Anne, which I have to imagine that
0: made Anne feel a little bit better. I bet her people told her, like, look, he he gets it. He gets that you are out of your element. It's going to be fine. And then when he was so kind and nice to her and, like, acted lovingly towards her, she was like, okay, y'all are probably right. Mm -hmm. I'm probably Mm overanalyzing this. But she probably felt relieved.
1: Right. (laughs) However, a few days before the wedding, Cromwell did send his dudes to ask Anne about her old marriage contract, which – I have to imagine was a little bit confusing. To Can you imagine her. she'd be like, "Why are
0: you asking me about that?"
1: Yeah, what does she, that have to do with it? She's anything? like, "No, I never even met that dude." Yeah, bro, and he's engaged to Christina of Denmark now because what?
0: everything has come full circle. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and she's like, "Why are you fucking asking me about this? Why are this? you even asking me about this? This doesn't matter.
0: What is that?" And they were like, do you pinky promise that that was dissolved? And she was like, yeah, I guess I fucking pinky promise. Like, I don't. Why are y'all even asking me about this? Right. Their wedding took place January 6th, 1540. Anne rode into her wedding day wearing a gold gown and she wore her hair down. And we know from this that she was a blonde. She had long blonde hair. Okay. And which um, Henry's. Most beloved wife, Jane Seymour, was blind. So maybe they thought that it'd be like, oh, that's a, there's the a sign? parallel yeah, for you. That's Something you day. like. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just gives us a little bit more glimpse into her becoming less and less sheltered. We know that she was tall, blonde, with brown eyes. And I think in this gold dress that she was wearing, she must have looked just like a ray of fucking sunshine. Well, yeah. She must have looked stunning.
1: Set phasers to stun.
0: Yes. (laughs) And no one was saying she wasn't pretty on this day. You know, um, everyone was just like saying that she looked regal and that she had the right kind of like personality to be a queen. And now she looked the part too. People started, people of England started to fall in love with her that day. I'm kind of in love with her. I know, me too.
1: (laughs) Another point about her looks that we should mention, seems like she was taller a little curvy. So probably had some big old titties and a big ba donk, Which would be appealing.
0: Yes. But like <laughs> if you look at his previous wives, we know when he married Catherine of Aragon, mm-hmm. she was super, super thin, super mm-hmm. petite. They I've things I've read about Anne Boleyn said that she was like flat chested and more like petite shaped. So Maybe he just wasn't used to women that were curvy and he didn't know. He didn't like that, which I mean, everyone's got their his preference, yes. but I, I don't know. Tall, blonde, big titties, big ass. I don't know. What's wrong with that? I'm <laughs> saying I'm just saying I wouldn't call her his <laughs> ugly wife. <laughs> right?
1: Anyway, back to their wedding day. Henry acted happy and loving towards her all day long, and they were both in really great spirits throughout all the feast and drinking and partying that whole day. And as far as Anne knew, she was having like this fairy tale wedding yeah! with a prince charming, you know, a prince charming that had a stanky leg and uh, twenty five years older than her and uh, had a pretty bad
0: reputation. Bad reputation,
1: <sighs> but whatever. She probably thought everything was coming up roses.
0: Everything was going to be great. And finally, at the end of the day, Anne was brought to her rooms. Her ladies undressed her and put her in her sleeping gown. And then a few, you know, 20, 30 minutes later, Henry joins her. And they are put to bed. And all the attendees leave. And that's where we'll leave this episode. Oh,
2: oh, cliffhanger. Cliffhanger.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, join us back in a couple of weeks and we'll let you know. um, You know, don't look it up. Just let us tell you what happens. (laughs) Don't read. Don't read. All right. Cheers, bitches. Thanks for listening, guys. Yeah, if you want to hear something, just email us at queenshistorypodcast at gmail.com. And follow
1: us on social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter.
0: We have a really great Facebook discussion group. We'd love to see you over there, too.
1: And if you're so inclined, we do have a Patreon account if you need more Queen's content in your life.
0: Yes, yes. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for listening. Today. Cheers, bitches. Mwah. Hello, everyone. Stuckoo, you
1: here? It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.